0: You are listening to a sermon from Mission Point St. John. We hope this message encourages a deeper connection between you and Jesus, our Savior. Amen. God is good. You may be seated. So great to have two of my aunts here this morning, Eileen and Doris. So good to have them—the my mom's sisters—and so I was blessed and surprised to have them come in this morning. So, of course, them and their husbands, and uh, so so thankful to have them in the house of the Lord. I, I I know what time it is, so I'll um I'll be aware of that. But uh, I think um, of course we we also celebrate all of our Um, satellite church pastors, and we uh, have made um, an appreciation for them as well. So each of that will be taking place. I want to bring to you the word of the Lord this morning, Acts chapter 10 and uh, verse uh, 34. And uh, verse 34 says, Then Peter opened his mouth and said, Of a truth I perceive that God is no respecter of persons. Aren't you thankful for that? Now look what verse 35 says. But in every nation, but in every nation, he that feareth him and worketh righteousness is accepted with him. Amen. And so I want to speak to you this morning about every nation. Every nation. We have uh, have a little insight actually to what uh, what things were like for Adam and Eve, uh, before the fall. I mean, we have just a small segment of scripture, but we really don't know a lot except where they walked and communed with God on a daily basis. We don't even know how long they were alive. We don't know how long it was that they were in the garden before sin, but we both historically and, um, through contemporary, obviously, actions of people. Since the fall, uh, we've become quite aware of what humanity has lived like. Uh, It has become tribal. The tribal impulse uh, was even deepened more at the Tower of Babel. And before uh, they knew it, people were scattered geographically and obviously socially. Boundaries uh, were established and... And uh, social interactions and things were created. People were trying to communicate after the Tower of Babel because they decided they were going to do something that was uh, unethical. And God said, I'll confound their language. So the world in which we live uh, in uh, today, the actions and the decisions of the world uh, uh, has always been an issue of how it has separated people from their relationship with God. And God has always been with a desire to get people back into a proper relationship with Him. The idea of society uh, that includes or embraces or benefits all people is neither a contemporary ideal uh, nor uh, one of postmodern thinking. Uh, what society is trying to say today of bringing people together, that's not a new thought. God desired that from the beginning of time. And so God's, God's plan is not to try to do this to have cultural alignment or have some political correctness. Uh, that's not God's plan. His plan is He's got one family. He's got one people. And He created humanity. And it's always been God's plan to have a kingdom of God that's designated for all people. Or what we would say as every nation. God's plan has always been to ultimately bless all nations and restore them to what was before the fall. God gave Abraham a promise for the Jewish people that culminated into that promise being that all nations of the earth would be blessed not just the culture that Abraham was part of but that all Nations of the earth would be blessed and you you read in psalm 147 in verse 20 that whole chapter actually Is about building up uh, the the possibility of nations coming together But you'll see in psalm 147 and verse 20 that God's desire has always been he hath not dealt so with any Nation and as for his judgments. They have not known them praise ye the Lord Uh, This is this is what uh, the writer of psalm 147 is saying God had a plan that for his people, he would have guidelines, laws, rituals, commands, all kinds of things. And the writer of Psalm 147 says he was going to make a way that that wouldn't just be for the Jewish people, but that would be for all nations. This is prophetic, actually, of what happens in the New Testament church. You see again in Isaiah 42, that hope was brought into a seemingly hope, hopeless situation where God would promise a Messiah that would not just be for one culture, but would be for all cultures. Thank the Lord for that. The writer of Hebrews, he says it this way. He, in eight chapter, eight, chapter 8, verse 6, he is the mediator of a better covenant, which was established upon better promises God's plan was that every nation would get to hear this incredible gospel and so the lasting portrait of what the Lord desires is written by John when he writes to us the book of Revelation in chapter 7 and verse 9. He says, after this I beheld, I beheld, and lo, a great multitude which no man could number, of all nations and kindreds and people and tongues stood before the throne and before the Lord. This is what God is going to have. I believe without a doubt, Mission Point, it's just a little segment uh, of what heaven is going to be like uh, as we include uh, uh, and involve uh, and make sure that all cultures of our city get to hear this wonderful truth. God pushed that door open to the church of the Gentile nation. And you see that in the story of Acts chapter 10, in which two people are given a vision. First of all, there's a vision that's given to Cornelius, uh, who is a Gentile, a Roman centurion. And Luke describes... uh, Cornelius as a generous man a God fearing man a, a prayerful Gentile and God sent an angel to him and said I want you to send uh, men to Joppa and, and there's going to be a man there by the name of Peter and Peter will come to your house uh, and he will tell you what you need to do and while this is happening God uh, allows Peter to have a vision uh, of a sheep that's being let down from heaven and he sees all manner of animals uh, uh, and reptiles and birds that are on the sheet and and the Lord says, Peter, rise, kill, and eat. And you can almost see uh, 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 in Peter's voice uh, uh, that he almost uh, rebukes the Lord. He's responding, Not so, Lord, for I've never eaten anything that is common or unclean. And the voice responded perhaps more sternly. Than what peter even said what god hath cleansed that call not thou common and this was repeated three times impressing into peter's mind that what god was saying was a change of peter's mentality and attitude notice it was only acts chapter 2 that peter he, he quoted what Joel had said, that God would pour out His Spirit upon all flesh. Peter didn't even believe what he was saying. What Peter said that day, God had to convince him in Acts chapter 10. Spirit's going to be poured upon all flesh, Well, guess what, Peter? Gentile people are flesh. And after three times of sharing with Peter what he tried to get across to Peter, Peter breaks down... Those barriers, and he goes uh, to Cornelius' house. uh, And when he gets to Cornelius' house, Peter is hearing the vision uh, uh, and acknowledges that Cornelius has heard the voice of the Lord uh, and and, and shares with uh, Cornelius what he has already experienced as well. uh, And then all of a sudden, customs and cultures uh, and beliefs uh, they dissipated. uh, And something took place in that moment uh, that every nation would have an opportunity to experience. Experience what they did uh, on the day of Pentecost. Uh, and in that time Peter shares uh, this wonderful gospel. Uh, and he said the Holy Ghost uh, was poured on them uh, as it was on us at the beginning. Uh, what doth hinder uh, them to be baptized? Uh, nobody can stop them uh, from receiving what we have received. Uh, because it is entire groups. Uh, it's entire nations. Uh, it's entire cultures uh, that get to hear this wonderful truth. Uh, hallelujah. And have embedded into them the power of the gospel without even realizing sometimes voices that we have they're internal we live sometimes with a residue of things that we have been exposed to in our past maybe what we've heard about people or what we have heard about cultures sometimes even negative experiences that possibly tarnish our impression of certain groups of people and embedded culture stereotypes that sometimes we measure what we think others are like and how sad that would make God feel but sometimes those things are internal in us and we don't even realize that they need to be cleansed. Sometimes voices are external. We live in a time on, of unprecedented exposure to information and misinformation. A secular world that sometimes religious voices have, have, been, uh, have a vested interest in causing division and decay in our society. And the devil has always been part of wanting to join on to any division possible to cause a toxic environment for people and we must be committed to hearing and obeying not internal voices or external voices but rather the voice of god blocking out the contrary voices of things that may have been embedded into our thinking Growing up, God, cleanse me from every thought and every bias that have would have arisen in my spirit from any experience that would have ever happened in my life towards any group of people or any culture. God, let that be cleansed out of my thinking. And then the external voices of our world and the divisive of our society that's trying to cause all kinds of things things have become so divisive so political but the question is how does God see my neighbor how does God want me to see my neighbor because his word says in in 2nd Peter chapter uh, 3 verse 9 it's God's will that none should perish His will is that the church would reach all people with the gospel. It would be the center of our very purpose and reason for existence. In each of the gospel's renderings of what we call the Great Commission, Jesus called them to go into all nations and to preach to every creature. See, the New Testament church was designed to fill God's timeless will. And Peter preached that the Spirit would be poured out upon all flesh. And yet it took him a vision from God to experience what he actually was preaching. The church today, folks, does not... Uh, we, we, we must not remain silent about cultural and political Correctness and all of that stuff. The doors are open for every person, every tribe, every nation, and every tongue. No matter what they look like, what they talk like, what background they have, where they come from, what their families are made up of, the doors are open to the church to preach the gospel to all nations. Ultimately, I'm thankful. That Peter was obedient to God. And there was an outpouring upon Cornelius and his household. Cornelius had he had gathered a group of people together. and as Peter arrives there, this delegation that Peter brings with him, they experience God's wonderful presence, being poured out upon others just as they had received in the beginning. God heard the prayer of Cornelius. You could say that surprised Peter somewhat, but when it got through to Peter and he realized that this this wonderful gospel was for every nation, uh, you can see that he he makes a, a powerful statement in the verses that I read to you in the text. That God is no respecter of persons. Now, we have to understand how we, we say that, we read that, we, we quote it. But what Peter is saying is life changing for him at that moment. Because it wasn't proper for him to be in a Gentile's house. And when Peter makes the statement, that God is no respecter of persons. Something is being transformed in his life in that very moment. That would be change, changing the rest of the direction of the church for the history of the church. And it's in verse 35 that he makes the statement that it's to every nation. Every nation. What a powerful demonstration of what God is going to do in people's lives Peter should have realized that in Acts chapter 2 but he's no different than any of us at times we have to have cultural barriers torn down and prejudice removed in our lives for us to realize at times that God's wonderful gospel is for what he said in verse 39 of acts chapter 2 for the promise is unto you and to your children and to all that are far off even as many as the lord our god shall call (laughs) hallelujah, beyond receiving the Holy Ghost, hallelujah, there was a sobering realization for Peter uh, that God was going to go past traditions uh, and he was going past cultural biases uh, and he was going to give this gospel to everybody that was hungry for the truth. How easy it is for us to speak sometimes the will of God without allowing it to penetrate into our own minds and transform our own lives that we actually live what we say it's not enough for us to speak it and it's not enough for us to say it it must be shown in our action that every nation has the right to hear what God has for them see making God's vision for the church a reality that wasn't easy but as more Gentiles were converted, certain cultural frictions were manifested. And you can imagine how that stirred up all kinds of things. And you can actually read in Acts chapter 15 that they, uh, they have a council meeting. It's sometimes called the Jerusalem Council or the Apostolic Council. But there's passionate opinions that are being shared on both sides and there's a lot of contention that's happening. And they're kind of... They're kind of caught up in, well, what is it there that's taking place? All these Gentiles getting saved, and and they they demanded that uh, uh, they needed to follow the law and be circumcised as the Jewish people was. And Paul and Barnabas got they got uh, they got hot under the collar about that. What are you talking about? And it was only at that moment uh, that you see uh, uh, when this is all happening. This is who arose in verse seven. And when they had been much disputing, there's been a, quite a bit of negative discussion. There's been a lot of back and forth that's probably not been cordial. And when there had been much disputing, Peter rose up and said unto them, Men and brethren, you know how that a good while ago God made a choice among us. That the Gentiles by my mouth should hear the word of, God, of of the gospel and believe And God which knoweth the hearts Beareth them witness giving them the Holy Ghost Even as he did unto us And put no difference between us and them Purifying their hearts by faith Now therefore why tempt ye God To put a yoke upon the neck of the disciples which neither our fathers nor we were able to bear. You talk about preaching a straightforward message to the people that were leading the people of God. Peter rose up and said, let me tell you, everybody that I went to, they received the Holy Ghost the same as we did. And why would we think that we would have any right to say what they need to do and what they don't need to do? Why would we put upon them a yoke that we couldn't even follow ourselves throughout thousands of years? And Peter rises to the challenge and he's basically saying what he said to Cornelius in Acts chapter 10. This is for every nation. No, no, you got to get it. This is for every nation. This is just a sample of the 210 nations of the world. This is for every nation. Some of the greatest people that you'll ever meet in the world will be from a different culture than you so beautiful I get excited every time I think about what heaven is going to be like and how inclusive it is going to be and the worship styles and the praise and Thanksgiving that's given going to be given to the Lord God has designed a universal church. A universal church. Because he has given us a universal gospel. The gospel is timeless. It's timeless. It's universal and it's timeless. The death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ The new birth message is universal and timeless. Ethnicity, background, social status, and any other distinction does not qualify to change what the gospel has been for all mankind. When the gospel that has been given says you and I must repent, that's for everybody. When it says you and I must be baptized in his precious name, the name of Jesus, that doesn't exclude anyone. When the Holy Ghost is to be poured out upon all flesh, everybody can receive the baptism of the Spirit. There does not, there is no distinction, hallelujah, of the universal gospel that is for the church. Music come. So it all comes down to every nation being unified. See, unity is the most fundamental requirement of the New Testament church. And uh, unity has a multifaceted definition. Obviously, the root word is unit, which speaks to being single as well as complete. Unity speaks to the state of the quality of being both one and whole and the goal of unity is to be one to be everything that we are meant to be and have everything we are meant to have unity does not come easily to the human nature because it requires selflessness and sacrifice and empathy and bearing one another's burdens in love it obviously does not come easily To those that are in the church because paul charged us to endeavor to keep the unity of the spirit endeavor means it's going to be work it may even be hard work but paul knew paul knew that the new testament church had a lot to overcome free and bond jews gentiles male female those who had formerly persecuted, those he had imprisoned, he knew that there was a lot of work that had to be done for unity to come. If anyone knew it, Paul knew. And the unity is of the Spirit. And the Spirit is what makes it possible this morning not to unify simply our spirits. It is a unity that cannot be manufactured on our own It's the power of the Holy Ghost that brings everybody sitting in this room this morning into the same, same church. Every nation, every nation is brought into the church by the same Spirit. Thank God. Paul goes on to say, endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace there is one body he says one spirit even as we're all called into one hope of your calling one lord one faith one baptism one God and Father of all who is above all and through all and in you all Paul makes it very clear this is not going to be accomplished in anything we're going to manufacture ourselves this is only going to be accomplished by the power of the Holy Ghost and I pray in 2022 amen that mission point would become so unified that every nation of our city would feel the comfortableness of coming into the house of God and to experience this universal timeless gospel The call, the call of our hour is to have that mind of Christ and not allow traditions and cultural barriers to jeopardize what God is doing in this last day. I ask you this morning, I ask you to prayerfully be honest with God. Search your heart everyone in this room everyone listening or watching online that you would search your heart this morning that there wouldn't be internal voices that would have caused traditional biases or even prejudices in our lives some that maybe we didn't even realize we had god i want you to cleanse that out of our lives this morning and secondly, God, I don't want to allow the external voices that we hear in our society to allow anything to be divisive within the church. Hear me, th- hear me this morning. We cannot allow society's divisiveness to come inside the church. It's not allowed in here. Because there's a universal gospel. That works for all people inside this building. And so I ask you as you stand this morning, we open this altar to every person in this room. Everyone that's watching or listening online, I pray that you would find a place of prayer right now. That you would ask God to search your heart. Search your heart this morning. Search your heart that everything that, anything that would be in there that wouldn't be proper would be, be removed because we're preaching to every nation this morning we're preaching preaching to every nation every nation I've been blessed to have experiences of going to different places around the world whether it's to Scotland or China or Africa, Mexico, lots of different places around the world that I've been blessed to to go and to look at, watch people who, who just love God. They're my brothers and sisters and they just love God. And I'm so thankful for it. when the rapture takes place and we're resurrected to be with Him for eternity you're going to be with your brothers and sisters and let me tell you if you got any biases down here you're not going over there hear me because there's not going to be any biases over there all mankind was created in His image and has been given His Spirit And he's creating, he's creating a place for everybody that where he is, there we all may be also. Thank you for joining us today. If you want more information, connect with us on our website at missionpoint.ca. God bless you.